0: It's Thursday, June 26th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill, joining me in studio today for Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Two in a row.
1: I, I, the listeners must be getting worried.
0: Um, I, hopefully not. Hopefully not worried. I, I just look at it as well. You were gone for a couple of weeks, so we'll just catch up. Yeah, it's like when you take medication and you skip a dose, and they're like, no, 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 just take two.
1: Don't they tell you not to do that?
0: For some medication, I think they tell you not
1: to do that. What, what, are you a doctor? What? Who, don't Listeners, do not listen to this. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. I'm not a
0: doctor. Let's just move on. Let's just <laughs> pretend none of this happened. Uh, we've got yet another hot IPO. We've got yet another troubled retailer. Let's start with a different troubled retailer, and that's Bed Bath & Beyond. Shares are falling and hitting a fresh 52-week low after first quarter results came in. Well, just disappointing, and and maybe not all that surprising, when you consider the Bed Bath Inn Beyond, which had had a really good run. I don't. Maybe I shouldn't put it that way—that it had a good run, as though the the run is over and will never
1: start again. But it really does
0: seem like it is starting to flounder a bit.
1: I I think that you can overweight uh, today's stock market reaction. That is, as I look at the company. In total, in their performance um, uh, for the last 10 years, they've grown earnings reasonably competently. Um, and they've done that in a couple of ways. One is growing uh, not just Bed Math and Beyond, but you know, Bye Bye Baby and, and um, Harmon and, and some of the other things they have. Uh, and also by reducing their share count by about 50 per, almost 50% over the last 10 years, which Covers up some holes, and I think that one of the opportunities they have today with a stock price weakness, the fifty-two week low that you point out, is to continue those share buybacks. And you know they're growing the top line. Margins came under pressure. All special specialty realtors uh, retailers are having a little bit of a hard year stock wise, even as they grow. I mean, the, the company didn't really scale back its growth projections. Uh, too meaningfully on this. But the the margins are, are under some pressure, and the Amazon.coms of the world bring into question is there a need uh, for the next 20 years for, for Bed Bath and beyond? And I, I don't know the answer to that. Do you have a sense of their e commerce strategy?
0: Because it does seem like, and your colleague at Molly Full Funds, Tim Hansen, has talked about this with William Sonoma. When you look at William Sonoma, that is a very good example of a specialty retailer that is executing well through all of its channels, including and maybe even especially online. Does Bed Bath & Beyond have that kind of system in place? Are they building that? Are they promoting that? Or is it still
1: just, no, we want you to come into the bricks-and-mortar stores? You know, they've got some online offerings, but I think that um, their product is more tailored to, to going into the stores. I don't think of them. You know, when I think of buying, when I think of buying the online things that they would sell, I wouldn't think of going to their their website at all. Would Would you? No, I don't think so. Because if I was going
0: to go buy, I don't know, towels, bath towels, or something like that,
1: do you that... own any? Do you need some?
0: <laughs> you know what? I I might need <laughs> to go ask buy ask, some. ask
1: ask but, your wife. But... Do, do remind me. Do, do we own? Do we, what, do we need some? new Do bath? we have a set? Is there?
0: But it is one of those things that you would need to, I would think the average person would want to go out and see like, well, what, are these, what do these feel like? That sort of thing. That's, that's by the way, what surprised me so much about Pottery Barn and their recent earnings results, the fact that almost 50% of their sales are coming online because I just think, well, wait a minute, Pottery Barn, if you're selling big ticket item furniture, don't people want to actually sit on the sofa or the chair before they buy it?
1: No. Apparently not. No, but well, they can they can do it in the store and then you know go go online, and I think that you know if you go into the store, at at Bed Bath and Beyond, you're likely to just come out. Furniture, you're willing to take a little bit more time. You don't need to put that in your car, uh, and you don't want to put it in your car. No, you know, so you are going to lean toward toward getting it online. But uh, Bed Bath and Beyond is, I, I think, both doing a little bit better than the stock price would indicate. Uh, and also in the position as many are of what, you know, is, is the next 20 years, does that look particularly interesting for what they do? So you look at the stock at a 52 week
0: low, and it sounds like you're saying eh, this might be a buying opportunity or certainly worth a closer
1: look. I, I think it's worth a look at trading at about 10 times forward earnings. A, a, a collection of stocks trading at 10 times forward earnings are, is worth a look. Is this one of the ones that has a good reason to be trading that cheap in a market that is otherwise uh, a little bit pricey? Um, I would say there there are a number of dynamics that are working against the stock price today. One is a weekday in general. Two, you know, the the the, the margins is, is a concern, uh, and three, specialty retailing everywhere you look right now is not not exciting investors, and and, and that is coming off of good years. Uh, stock performance-wise. So, it had a little bit to give back. GoPro, the video camera company that is
0: popular with extreme sports fans, went public today. It IPO'd at $24 a share. Last time I looked this morning, the stock was up more than 30%. We were talking about this earlier this morning. I got the sense that, while you have probably seen a video online that was shot with a GoPro camera, you were Blissfully unaware of the company's
1: existence, while most people know that I am a very, very, very accomplished athlete. (laughs) You are. I am. Um, But it is not in what is usually referred to as extreme sports, Um, court tennis, squash. Right, aren't the sports that lend themselves to this particular type of camera work? uh, From from what I understand, so you've got to explain to me again why I. Should be as excited today as as the market seems to be. Because my feeling is, get one of these cameras and take a picture of the stock price in slow mo right now, so that you can keep a, keep that picture of it because it may not be around for very long.
0: We'll come back to the stock in a second, but just a quick aside. Don't you think if the racket sports, court tennis, squash, even just professional tennis, added some layer of extremeness to them and possibly violence, like fire. You, maybe i'm open to a lot of ideas small explosions don't you think that would just do amazing things for the tv ratings if you turned in
1: wimbledon the tv ratings of squash
0: or well uh, let's just take tennis Wim, everyone's sure. focused on the world cup everybody's watching wimbledon but the wimbledon uh, tennis tournament has begun the opening rounds are going on and so no one's going to turn away from the us germany game to watch wimbledon and yet, if you knew that, in fact, there was the possibility of a small explosion here or there, a little bit of fire, a little bit of smoke, I, I, think, I'm, I think I'm tuning into that. You could say the same
1: thing about the World Cup game. I mean, if the, if the hey, look, the, we had a the, biting the,
0: incident in the World if, Cup. I don't think if, we need
1: more the, violence. If the ball were to explode every once in a while, that <laughs> would capture those Americans that are waiting for more action.
0: Uh, back to GoPro. Uh, here's a reason why I think you might want to be interested as an investor. This company's actually profitable. We've seen th- nearly 150 companies go public in 2014, not all of them are profitable. And I think one of the reasons for optimism uh, around a company like GoPro is not just the people who are into extreme sports, but there are increasingly uh, television production companies, video production companies, who are using GoPro video cameras. I, I think of uh, Jerry Seinfeld with his web series, Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. All, all of those are
1: GoPro. Very extreme.
0: It's not extreme, but the, the camera angles are great.
1: All right. So, I mean, you're buying your camera angles based on brand. Is what you, your camera is based on, brand is what you're saying. I'm saying the video taking pictures of us. Are, are we on video today? We're on video today, yeah. Damn. Sorry. All right, so right now, we're, let's look at the cameras, and they are by who? You've never looked. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Sackler? Sackler.
1: Why can't Sackler It's Sony. Make
0: it? I'm sorry. Dan Boyd, our man behind the glass, is telling us the cameras are Sony. I think the tripods are Sackler. Okay. But this is, this is making for some riveting audio by right, the way
1: and, and and the point is you don't care. You don't care what what it is as long as it takes a decent picture. So right. why isn't so if GoPro is making money right now, that means it's going to attract more competitors. So why isn't Sony going to Sony's got a perfectly good brand for cameras. We apparently we use them. Apparently we are being videoed by them right now. Why don't you have a GoPro camera? Because Sony can do it perfectly well and and they will compete if there's enough money um for that market and if there's not enough money then the GoPro stock price isn't isn't that exciting so I think that while they've been an early mover and they get credit for that and that has allowed them to be profitable and to go public and under attractive terms today that's chapter one and and chapter two is when additional competitors see that they've got an attractive space of business and and you know there's additional competition
0: does the number of IPOs, close to 150 so far this year, putting us on pace for the most IPOs since the year 2000, which you and I remember well. Oof. Does that concern you as an investor? Because there are people out there who use that data point to say, look, this is an example of the market being
1: overheated and we are headed for trouble. Uh, yes, uh, to a degree. Not to the degree that the people who like to make arguments that now is the time to panic and here's the one data point, right? I mean, we can all write that article. It's it's pretty easy to do. And you can do it with one data point. That's all that you know, writing requires of you is a single fact, and then you blow it up and you compare two different time periods, which are otherwise not necessarily very similar. The, the valuations in the market are not anywhere near as concerning as they were in 2000. The, they make more sense. Things like GoPro are profitable, whereas things that were coming public in 2000 were not only not profitable, they didn't even make sense. E toys, e toys. Was, was I e-toys, mean? It made sense. Was to e toys a public online. company? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, pets.com pets.com public company uh, again you know something which makes people are still buying pet food and pet supplies online but they you don't need to do it from yeah, a sock puppet <laughs> That's right that was the mascot
0: of pets.com right That was the
1: entire business was the commercials with the sock puppet who was good who was very good I thought.
0: I hope I hope mm-hmm. the Sock Puppet uh, you know found additional work after <laughs> that's.com went down. Uh, before we get to our final story a couple of housekeeping notes. On Tuesday Mark Reith sitting in this chair mentioned that our colleague Morgan Housel was going to be writing for the Wall Street Journal that led to some comments on Twitter, and post- and I know some emails to Morgan. So Let me clarify, Morgan Housel is not leaving The Motley Fool, he is going to be doing some additional writing for The Wall Street Journal uh, on an ad hoc basis, so we're very happy that he gets that opportunity and more people get to read him in, in more venues, but we are even happier that Morgan is staying in-house here at The Motley Fool. You can follow us on Twitter, at MarketFoolery is the handle for this podcast. Uh, got a comment from one of our listeners who also happens to be one of our colleagues, uh, Mark Kennedy, weighing in with a comment about something we've discussed recently. He wrote, Hey, market foolery, I completely avoided the Panera scrum this morning thanks to this fantastic experience. And he took a photo that he posted on Twitter of the new ordering system that they're trying to implement at Panera. And that really does seem like to be the bi- one of, if not the biggest challenge for Panera. Just the in-store experience is pretty rough, and if they can actually get that right, mm-hmm. then I think that bodes well for them. So, thank you to our colleague Mark for a
1: little on-the-ground research there. Uh, and and there may be a Panera opening up right across the street from us. Oh, that's right. That uh, that basic that space that we hear Panera is coming into. That
0: yes, that's right. There you go. There's the we can do some on-the-ground research.
1: Yes. Let's move to our Home of you know the infinite coffee. Just hang around, Wi-Fi, just keep filling up your coffee all day long. Do they actually sell something called Infinite Coffee? No, I drink Infinite Coffee at <laughs> Panera.
0: Boy, they're losing money on you. <laughs> our final story. Staples, just in time for the end of the school year, has launched its newest promotional campaign, which kicks off Sunday, June 29th, and it is a back to school shopping campaign where Staples is promising to match the price of any back to school shopping, but they go the extra mile in two ways. One, they're matching the 110% of the price. So they'll price match any coupon or any deal you get from another retailer. And then they'll knock an additional 10% off of that match price. The other thing don't,
1: I found. Don't I want them to match 90% of the
0: price? <laughs> um, no, 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 of the deal, of the offer. I'm not I'm I, do the I'm, math for me here. I'm not they're going to they're going to
1: What does that mean?
0: That means that you have a coupon or you you see something on Amazon for uh, a ream of paper for $10 and uh and it's 50% off. They'll they'll give you another 10% off of that. So they won't just pr- price match it, they'll go even lower than whatever deal you bring them. The other thing that I find interesting about this is they are specifically calling out Amazon. They're saying Uh, And here's, I'll just quote from the promotion Staples will price match items sold and shipped by Amazon.com or any retailer who sells products in both retail stores and online under the same brand. First of all, I appreciate that they are trying to be innovative in their thinking, but back
1: to. Think of the children. (laughs) Why harm the children? I say this as someone who
0: actually likes Staples. And actually, has shopped there for back to school shopping for or, years.
1: Or Staples, like <laughs>
0: the actual store. <laughs> okay. Years ago, I went to a Target with my kids to do back to school shopping, and it was so terrible, and nothing was organized. And then there was a Staples just further uh, down the road. Yeah. When credit
1: card information was stolen.
0: <laughs> no, that was years later. Um, I-, I went into the Staples, and it was great. Everything was just laid out there. It was perfect. They had extra staff on hand. It was wonderful. So, I greatly appreciate that, and I've given them my business for back-to-school shopping for years, and yet I look at this and I think, when I heard about this, all I thought was, okay, now I hate you, because you're making me think about school specifically when, as a parent, the school year is
1: wrapping up. It, well, but you as a parent, maybe this is the thinking. I, I don't know. Um, many parents are already looking forward to back-to-school, because they can't, <laughs> you know, I'm not one of them, because I love my children, unlike most parents. <laughs> but they get tired of their kids quickly, and they're like, oh, I can't wait for school. You know, you could think of the the commercials that, that have like the parents skipping through the store, back to school, and they're looking forward and to it. And the like, music
0: being played is, it's the
1: most, most wonderful time, time, of, time of, of the year. year. Yeah. Which is a get great- Get rid of your kids. It's and a... as I say, unlike most parents, I love my children. <laughs> I don't know where you fall on all of that, but but Staples is targeting those parents who hate their children, <laughs> which apparently is a lot of them.
0: I just don't. Th- I just don't see how this is going to work. I, I I appreciate that they're trying something, but now I think they need to try
1: something. They're else. They're getting you to talk about it. I always look at these things like you're talking about it. This is this is. I'm this not is talking about attention. it. A- this is free free marketing.
0: Yes, I'm talking about it, and I'm also saying things like, "And now I hate Staples because of this uh, ad campaign." I mean,
1: nobody's going to invest in Staples, right?
0: Do you think they're in more trouble than any other
1: bricks and mortar retailer out there? Like- they're here. Here's what they've done. They've they've said Amazon and any other retailers because they can't remember if there are any other retailers. Much like the rest of the population, it's like Amazon and I guess everybody else who might be in that business. And that's that's kind of the way things look for them in in their worldview. Right? Is Amazon going to take all of our business away? And and the answer is ultimately yes. But you know. It'll take a while. This gives me an opportunity to plug uh, the Motley Fool Money radio show this
0: weekend. Our guest is David Faber from CNBC. He is one of the co-hosts of Squawk on the Street, which is on every morning at 9 a.m., and he has put together a brand-new CNBC primetime documentary called Amazon Rising. It debuts Sunday, June 29th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, I taped the interview with David yesterday. It was, it was great to talk with him, and I got to watch an advance cut of the documentary. And it's, it's First of all, it's yet another great documentary by CNBC, I think this is, and I said this to David, I think this is the single best thing that CNBC does is these primetime documentaries. It is so in-depth. They've pulled together an amazing amount of research and done tremendous legwork in terms of the people that they interview and, and all the different angles when they profile a company. and. I really encourage everyone to get a chance to watch. I'm sure they'll repeat it multiple times, but it's it's really interesting stuff. And even though Jeff Bezos, the founder and CEO of Amazon, did not consent to sit for an interview with CNBC, he is all throughout this documentary. And one of my takeaways is, I don't know why anyone would bet against him. He is so driven, so smart. And I'm not saying He's going to succeed in everything he does, and Amazon will succeed in everything they do, but I wouldn't bet against them. So,
1: so, so when is that? So, you've promoted your, your thing? Sunday night. It? Sunday night. Uh,
0: but, uh, but but Your thing. But with, my this, thing, the, the interview, interview with David Faber, is this weekend on the Motley Fool Money radio show, so check it out. Um, we are now four minutes into the start of the U.S.-Germany soccer game. Well, game. Our, what are we doing here? Our man behind the glass, Dan Boyd, is itching to get there, as am I. Uh, quick prediction. We don't have access to the internet in here. Or, or, or you're not, I'm yes, not gonna, we do. Well, we do. but I'm This not, is the world.
1: <laughs> we have access to the internet All right, here, But I'm yes. not going to
0: allow you to check this to see if there's a score. I need a prediction right now. U.S. Germany. U.S. advances. U.S. advances. U.S. advances. Dan, thumbs up. Does the U.S. advance? dancing.
1: US they advances. do not need a win. They do not they even need to. necessarily need a tie, uh, although both of those would make it automatic. Uh, but I think they advance. Fingers crossed. I hope, I hope you're both right. All
0: right. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday.